You're listening to DraftKings Network. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Boys, you know you can't have a strong revolution or a resistance without having a war chest. I present to you the war chest. Worldofsui.com. You can go right now and cop basketball Illuminati merchandise. How about that? Oh, man, I am so excited about this. I'm already picking out my... I'm getting Christmas gifts already for my family, mm-hmm. birthdays, all of it. I can get the Basketball Illuminati logo in a t-shirt, a tank top, a sweatshirt. Not just any sweatshirt, you can get a pullover hoodie. And not only any of those different varieties, you can get it in extra soft or regular in about 15 different colors. This is just kid in a candy store stuff. No hats, though. And I question, I'll be honest with you guys, in every organization that's devoted to telling the truth, speaking truth to power and resisting against what the big narrative wants us to believe, there's always a mole, right? The FBI had operatives inside the Nation of Islam. We know numerous counts of different kind of espionage and things mm-hmm. as people try to bring mm-hmm. down these organizations. From within. I don't know about our organization. I don't know about Metal Arc Media. I can't speak for them. They might be on the take. John Skipper, the most powerful man in sports, ran ESPN. Yeah. For all I know, he's running the old okie doke on us with the no hats. But I'm going to tell you what, you buy these hoodies, you buy these t-shirts, these tank tops, these long sleeve tees, extra soft, the funds come to us. They come directly to us and they continue our march towards finding the truth and exposing it. I mean, I have a confidential source who has revealed to me the reason the hats aren't available yet is because they're not able to make them out of tinfoil. My assignment Uncover why the association inspires more conspiracy theories in volume and salience than any other U.S. sport. You've heard of the Illuminati. The truth is out there, but so are lies. Your eyes can deceive you. Don't trust them. The NBA has always been controlled by about eight people. Denial is the most predictable of all human responses. If you're only using 10% of your brain, you don't even know that you're using 10% of your brain. The NBA Illuminati. If coincidences are just coincidences, why do they feel so contrived? The Illuminati. But you start to follow the money, and you don't know where the f*** is going to take you. It is unspoken. They have influence among other players. The NBA Illuminati. I don't have time for your convenient ignorance. Maybe I'm a conspiracist now as well. That's all it took. Oh, we got books, we got schools. You saw a video on YouTube. (laughs) Why am I, sir? You've never used them before. We are the basketball Illuminati.
Welcome to Basketball Illuminati. I'm Tom Haberstroh, as always, joined by my comrades, Amin El Hassan and Anthony Mays, our producer. And before we get into today's show, I want to just give you a heads up. The Gmail account, basketballilluminati at gmail.com. We had to just purchase more storage space. It's just too much. Overflow. We got overflow. We went ahead, plopped down some some extra money to expand our reservoir of data, of storage. So thank you for flooding our email inbox with tips, things you see. You know, if you see something, say something. And we appreciate, you know, the other night, Tyrese Halliburton made a three and it just disappeared. This stuff you are sending us, these tips, we really appreciate it. Thank you for doing that. And as always, follow our socials, B-Ball Illuminati on Twitter and Basketball Illuminati on Instagram. And we've got a great show for you today. I got to say, I didn't know how many exclusives we would get on this program, but we got one, a worldwide exclusive later in the show. We're going to bring in the man behind the curtain, Mr. Ballsack Sports. I can't wait to talk to him. We're flipping the entire media game upside down. He is doing the Lord's work out there. He is making sure that everyone is being held accountable in the media. And we are going to get to talk to him straight from the source. The man behind Ballsack Sports. We're going to talk to him in our Truth Tellers series as our second guest. We're also going to get into, you know, a little bit of Draymond Green discussion. I did some of my own research. We're going to have that. But first. You are listening to The Agenda with Amin El Hassan and Tom Haberstrow. Everyone in the media is talking about this Carl Anthony Towns thing. He scored 60 points. He had an incredible night. He was even surprised to mean that he had scored 32 points in the third quarter. He didn't even know that. Oh, surprised. I don't know if I believe that. Surprised. He was told in the sideline interview after the game. 32 points. How did you take over responsibility to put this team on your back in that frame? 32 in the third quarter. Damn. Maze and I have a term for this from Cinephobe. What's it called, Maze? Acting your ass on. Ass on. He was fully ass on with that one. Cheeks. 32? His voice had cheeks, right? His voice had (laughs) cheeks. 32? In the quarter? Oh, heavens to Betsy. I I hadn't noticed. Oh, come on, man. We've seen Carl Towns act before. Yes, we have. What men want? Ass on. Cinephobe episode 95. 60 points from Carl Anthony Towns. Got to be a shoe-in for all NBA this year. Except not because last year, I think Jason Tatum also scored 60 and he was an all NBA. So it doesn't exactly ironclad print him as an all NBA player. Does when you play center. But it does raise the question, are people sleeping on the Minnesota Timberwolves? I mean... Right now, they are 40 and 30, 10 games above 500. They're seventh in the West. After all of the stuff that has happened with their coaching changes, GM changes, trades, Jimmy Butler lighting them up in practice, it seems like the Minnesota Timberwolves deserve more national media attention. Deserve? What's deserve? What do you mean deserve more? They're a great feel-good story. I mean, Minnesota Timberwolves, Carl Anthony Towns showing out. Anthony Edwards. Okay, yeah. Very likable young star. Sure, sure. And Patrick Beverly giving them some grit, some tenacity, some identity that they're not just this all-offensive team. They get down and dirty. I'm sorry. I'm lost as far as what are we supposed to do for them? Uh, supposed to have like a ticker tape parade? Roll out a red carpet? Yeah, I mean, they're 40 and 30. I mean, did you think they were going to be this good this year, man? No, no, I didn't. But, like, I'm sorry. There are bigger stories out there. There are more important things that are happening 
in basketball than the Timberwolves not being a shitty team. And by the way, they're still a play-in team. So congratulations. Your season will be 84 games instead of 82. Awesome. Good for you. See, I don't think they should be a play-in team. They're 10 games above the Lakers right now, and they still have to go in the playing game. That's not right. I mean, you know what? That's not right. Why not? Why isn't it right? What's wrong with this picture? Because they're much better. They shouldn't have to go into a play-in game when they're 40 and 30. They're much better? Are they top six? Are there six teams that are better than them in the West? Yes. Then they're not that much better. They're better. They're not that much better. But I mean, they're only one and a half games out of sixth. Okay. They have totally separated themselves from the Pelicans who are going to limp their way into the play-in tournament without Zion. CJ McCollum's dragging them by the skin of their teeth. This is a new thing, the playing game. It's only two years old. There's clearly some kinks we have to work out here. Not everything's been straightened out. Seems like there should be an exception here. Okay, so first of all, I think you're underselling how hard it is for CJ McCollum to drag anything with Zion on it particularly by the skin of his teeth. That's a dangerous place. You don't stick your hand around there. I mean... That's how you walk away with a no. uh, Can we still fat shame him? We've seen pictures of him. He's looking good. Is he? Good for who? Is he, Maze? What are you talking about? Are you guys nuts? This is exactly what happens when they inundate you with the same opinion over and over again that is false. If you say a lie enough times, it starts to become true. Zion does not look in good shape. Zion looks fat. I saw the picture of him with his dogs at the supermarket and I thought I was looking at him from the back. I realized that was him, a side view. That's right. He is as wide in profile as he is looking at him straight on. But that's not what I'm here to tell you about. I'm here to tell you that you say, oh, who do they look like more? They look like a team that's in seven. That's what they look like. They look like a team that's not quite as good as the six teams ahead of them. Oh, they're only a game and a half. All right, cool. Then go win that game and a half. Go win it. They lost to Orlando the other night. Yeah. Look, man, I'm not here for anybody on a Johnny come lately. Well, I was good the last 15 minutes of class. Yeah, but you were horseshit all school day long. Those last 15 minutes don't mean shit. You want to prove it to me? Do it all year long. Then you get to say, oh, do we really need to be here? And they can't blame injuries. They can't blame suspensions. They can't blame a massive COVID layoff. They're where they are because that's who they are. Are they getting better? Sure. Absolutely. Congratulations. I'm glad you get to play more than 82 games this year. First player in NBA history to reach the benchmarks of 60 points, 15 rebounds, and 60% three-point shooting. Arbitrary. He wins the three-point shootout. He declares himself the best shooting big man of all time. I mean, this isn't enough for you? These are all arbitrary metrics. It's the kind of stuff that people do, nor do they want to make a point. They have an agenda to get across, no pun intended. And so I'm going to do all of these, uh, has hit at least seven three-pointers in a 60-point game and also grab uh, 18% of available. No, no, no. This is all mishmash mumbo-jumbo. One. Two, greatest shooter of all time. Ha! There's one that's playing right now who's a better shooter than him. I think he said best shooting big man. I mean, oh, okay. Oh, okay. So, so Kevin Durant's not big. Okay. I got you. All right. It's funny how we use labels, Tom. Yeah. We use labels to segment and classify and put things in boxes to achieve the point that we're trying to make. Not anything objective. We're trying to make our own subjective points. So, what I'm going to do? Well, I'm going to call Kevin Durant a shooting guard. Oh, yeah. He's not a big. Oh, okay. Oh. Also, Dirk is a better shooter, too. 
How about that? All right. Well, I have a theory here. What's your theory? So I was at the Sloan Conference and Pablo Torre had a panel with Evan Wash, who's the man behind the play-in tournament. Mm -hmm. And remember when the play-in tournament idea came about? Mm -hmm. LeBron James, remember what he said about it? He said it's a great idea. No, he didn't. He said, whoever came up with that idea should be fired. See, the media got to Tom. The media got to Tom. When they originally came out with the idea of a play-in tournament, which was in the bubble, LeBron loved the idea. You know why? Because LeBron wasn't in the play-in tournament. He was a one seed. So the play-in tournament was like, sounded like a fun little gimmicky thing for those kids down there. The next year, when the Lakers are in the play-in tournament, he came with the same bullshit excuses you guys are trying to give me for Carl Anthony Towns and the Wolves. But we're so much better than these people. I don't know why. This is dumb. Whoever came up with these should be fired. Why? Because he's in the play-in tournament. This is exactly what I'm saying, I mean is because LeBron went out and called for that dude's head, Evan Wash, at the NBA League office, I feel like the NBA is going to make sure that LeBron James stays in the play-in tournament. LeBron James is about to be Mr. Play-in tournament himself. Yeah, second year in a row. Taking that title away from John Morant. And Dylan Brooks. Yeah, they're too good now. Don't you think, I mean, that the league is just going to somehow pull the strings to make sure that LeBron is stuck in play in purgatory for the rest of his career? Oh, no. No, no, no. Guys, I'm here to tell you, I guarantee LeBron's not going to be in the play in this year. Oh, you think they're going to go on a run? Yeah. A run to Cancun. Book them flights, boys! What is it? One, two, three, Cancun. <laughs> One, two, three, Cancun. Man, the Lakers ain't making no damn play in. As we're recording this today, which is Tuesday, March 15th, the Lakers are one game up on the Pelicans, but more importantly, they're only two and a half up on Portland. And guys, you know I like quoting this thing all the time. The basketball reference playoff probability meter, hardest strength of schedule in the league by far. Remaining schedule, Lakers. Easiest remaining strength of schedule in the league by far, Blazers. For the first time after Monday night's loss to Toronto, the highest probability projected standing for the Lakers is out, according to basketball reference. They have them with a 36% chance of not making the play-in. Ladies and gentlemen, LeBron, they heard your complaints about the play-in. You won't have to worry about it anymore. Yeah, well, if you listen to Jalen Rose, he's being shut down. Well, I don't think Jalen actually said that. Uh, I think it's I think it's real. I mean, hold on, let me pull out the quote. It happened on the internet. Is this on Get Up or Countdown? It says here, Jalen Rose says LeBron needs, quote, to shut down this season, end quote, if he wants any chance to be remembered as an all-time great. Quote, you can't be the GOAT if you're losing all these games late in your career. People will remember most how you finished. Mike went out on top. And the- No, he didn't. Oh, no. Is this a video or where are you getting this from? I got it from, oh, no. Did you get sacked? I just got sacked. Somebody peel him off the turf. For those who don't know, being sacked is when you get got in sports media. When you fall for a fake quote initiated from ball sack sports, you are getting sacked. And it's not just low-level journalists. It goes straight to the top. This weekend, three straight days, ESPN got sacked on air. Listen to this. That was the thing that I noticed the most. So all those rumors and stories that we heard about the Brook about Kyrie and James Harden at the in the in practice with the Nets and Kyrie going at him. Oh, 
Kyrie's the quarterback. Guess what? Kyrie showed us that last night that those were facts and that was true. That's Kendrick Perkins getting sacked Friday morning on Get Up. He is, of course, referring to the ball sack sports tweet from February 10th that quoted a Brooklyn Nets executive on the growing rift between Kyrie and Harden. Quote, Kyrie beat Harden one-on-one almost every day in practice, and Kyrie was barely even in basketball shape. It demoralized Harden. Things reached the breaking point came when Kyrie called Harden, quote, washed after completely locking him up in one scrimmage. An assistant had to break up the two as tempers flared and the relationship spiraled downhill from there. The very next evening on NBA Countdown, Stephen A. Smith would get sacked by the same rumor. So all of these, all of this noise that you hear about what may have transpired in practice between the two and all of that stuff, I dismissed it until Thursday night. Then I said, oh, that really did happen. Oh, damn. Get sacked. And he goes down hard again. Then on Sunday, Ballsack Sports tweeted that Tom Brady said King James convinced him to unretire. Quote, he texted me. Hey. We're the best ever at what we do. We're competing with each other at this point. When he dropped 54 or whatever the other day, I texted him back. All right, I'm coming back. And the very next day on SportsCenter. That man is back. Tom Brady is back. Now, who would have thought it would have taken a text message from LeBron James? Oh, what a disaster. All sex sports. They've done it again. Some people call them a menace. I call them heroes. Ball sack sports, ladies and gentlemen, has made fools of more people on TV than Andy Kaufman. That's a deep cut. 20th century, bitch. 20th century, bitch, indeed. 20 CB. And we're going to talk to the man behind ball sack sports, aren't we? Yeah, we are. But it took a lot of work to get this done. What happened, Tom? How'd you get in contact with him? Yeah, I tried to DM him. No response. Nothing. I tried to contact people who have interacted with ball sack sports, nothing. And then I woke up this morning and there was a thing on my front stoop, a piece of paper that said in magazine cutouts, just the lettering, it said, You have 24 hours. Whole Foods Locker 6969. Nice. So what did I do? You checked to see if both of your kids were asleep in their beds. Everybody was safe at home. Right. I locked the doors. I set the alarm. I sent texts to all the people that I love. And I went down to the Whole Foods, opened up 6969. And in there was a burner phone. There was one number in the phone. And the number was pre-programmed under the name Mr. Ballsack. Wow. Real cloak and dagger shit, ladies and gentlemen. So I called up the number. And I got in touch with him. You all think I'm licked. Well, I'm not licked. And I'm going to stay right here and fight for this lost cause. Even if this room gets filled with lies like these. And the tailors and all their armies come marching into this place. Somebody will listen to me. There's no better way to overpower a trickle of doubt than with a flood of naked truth. But the complexity and the gray lie not in the truth. But what you do with the truth once you have it. What is true and right is true and right for all. You and I both know that that's just not the truth. You can't handle the truth! It's too messy. It keeps them up nights. I'm here because in the end, the truth is worth the risk. Truth. 
speak a little truth and people lose their mind. I'm a grown man. You can tell me the truth. Why is it people who want the truth never believe it when they hear it? So you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to do something really outrageous. I'm going to tell the truth. truth All right, Amin, Maze, we're going to bring in the man of the hour, the man behind the curtain, a man we are calling John Doe to protect his identity, the genius behind Ballsack Sports. It's our esteemed pleasure to welcome in our next guest. We're naming him John Doe. He's appearing here in the Zoom chat as John Doe. I can't see his face. It is literally just the words John Doe. I got to ask the first most natural question, given your background and given what we're interviewing you for. How do we know we're not getting sacked right now? I mean, my name is... So... No! Oh, bleep that. Bleep, bleep that. Bleep, bleep no, that. can't do that. Can't let that get out. Nope. Not on my watch, <laughs> Mr. Ballsack. <laughs> well, you BS for short. You're not the first person, obviously to do the fake tweet, right? You got the people who changed the spelling on, you know, Chris Haynes, H-A-N-E-S or whatever, or Sham Sharania, where the I is really an L, or they'll do something like that and then do the fake tweet. And usually it pops up around draft day, trade deadline day, free agency day. But you've taken it to another level of heightened realism, meaning you're not just throwing out a random tweet. You're putting a lot of production value behind this. How did you get the idea to start doing this? It just came to me one day. You know, I've seen a lot of what you were talking about, and I felt like I could do it on a larger scale under something consistent, but something that was funny, that I felt was funny. And so I started a page called Ballsack Sports, and I wanted to do this in plain sight. I didn't want to become an imposter and impersonate others. I wanted to do it in plain sight and be successful at it. And I felt like I have. How'd you land on Ballsack? Well, the initials are BS. I think I made the account kind of around the time when Bishop Sycamore, the Ohio football team, the illegitimate football team, got onto ESPN. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. And so I was like, oh, BS, BS, Ballsack. And <laughs> I didn't even realize this. The BS? Not only is it ball sack, but you're making a play on bullshit too. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It works on multiple levels. Yeah. So was there something, I mean, I guess you just named the Bishop Sycamore thing, but was there something specific that happened that made you say, all right, I'm going to do it? I was a big fan of journalism growing up. You know, in seventh, eighth grade, I was reading books about and kind of aspiring to be like a sports journalist, but kind of seeing the landscape as I, progressed through high school, it changed a lot. I went from reading articles and ESPN magazines, I'd have all the magazines, to kind of seeing things shift to more clickbait, more Twitter-based. Things became more superficial. And that turned me off from journalism. You know, I thought things became lazier. Mm -hmm. And I felt like it was something that I could poke holes in and mock, in a sense. I don't know if it was out of spite or what. I wonder, what was your first fake quote that took off? It was a fake Kyrie vaccination tweet that I made with about 200 followers. And it blew up right away. It had like 500 retweets in 10 minutes. And that's when... What? That's when I realized, okay, I can do something with this account. Is this it? Kyrie has informed the Nets he plans to retire? Oh, that was one. <laughs> I had two 
Kyrie tweets that blew up. Those were like my first two. But I don't understand. It's so hard to get anyone to notice tweets when you have like 200 followers. Like how did you get 500 retweets? Something go viral when you have almost no followers. How is that possible? It just takes one person who's following you to really set that off. And that tweet right there that I had, that one hit all the blue check marks. I just remember I was like screenshotting each verified reporter that bit on that. That one was special to me. You've mastered the art of the tweet that looks like it's real. What are the go-to things that you find people bite on? (laughs) At first, I thought it would be more similar to like an ESPN format, but I really simplified it down to almost the bare minimum. I don't even post a source anymore or I don't even really bother to put quotations anymore. I kind of just put text on graphic at this point because I realized that's all I really need. (laughs) Oh my God. First I was doing Easter eggs like Ball Sack Sports Ohio if it was like a Cavs quote. You got regional bureaus of Ball Sack. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) No better way to make it seem legit than have it seem like it's multiple people that are in on this all at the same time working in harmony. Right, right. So you had a post using Damian Lillard, a fake quote from Damian Lillard recently, where you basically explain how to trick everybody, that it's so easy to get people to fall for the fake quote. The Portland Blazers logo (laughs) lends it credibility. Then you just take like a Getty image of Damian Lillard upset or whatever it is that reflects the emotion of the quote. And then you have the big block letters, the quotation marks, and then just the littlest the littlest source or wherever the quote is from, I got to imagine that Bleacher Report or ESPN who have been sacked multiple times now, they got to change the way they do this. Or are you seeing that they're actually not changing the format of their block quotes, like the fake tweets that you're doing? Are you going to change the game? That's the goal. I can't lie. I posted that Damian Lillard explanation quote a day when I was getting frustrated I was seeing the fake quotes kind of spread to Instagram and other platforms. And I was like, okay, this can be dangerous. (laughs) I don't want this to turn into something that just gets out of control. I kind of want to almost nullify and kill my own process. And I want to definitely change the whole quote format news process as ESPN's using, Bleacher Report's using, Sports Illustrated, all of them. You know, it's really popular. It's just too easy to emulate and come off as real, authentic. Has anyone approached you about this, about what you're doing? In what sense? Like, hey man, that's not cool. You're fooling a lot of people. No, surprisingly, there's been a lot of positive feedback, but there's also a lot of sense of responsibility and the kind of quotes that I'm doing. You know, there's definitely lines I refuse to cross because ultimately I want this to be something more productive rather than destructive. And, you know, if a player does confront me about something, I would absolutely just change what I'm doing because ultimately I'm kind of a a player's person. I'm for the players. I really understand, you know, the past few years, the struggles they encounter with the media and you know, I want this to be something that ends up being more productive for them rather against them. Mr. Balsack, you have done something that we really admire here at Basketball Illuminati, which is you have shined a light on 
the way that people consume social media, the way that people react to words without doing their own research, you have exposed not just the clickbaiters, but the media with the way that just by putting a big flashy attention-grabbing headline, misinformation can spread. Your breakdown of the Damian Lillard graphic, which is highly potent proprietary information. I cannot believe that you let that out to the masses. (laughs) You let the blueprint out. That's your pinned tweet. All anyone has to do is click on your profile and they can see... Just how you do this. Maze, it's not even that. They just have to see Ballsack. They just have to see the name. They don't even have to look at your Twitter profile. No, 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 no. Tom, Ballsack Sports, it sounds legit. (laughs) Rolls off the tongue. I disagree. You've shown us, Mr. Ballsack, that no one is even clicking on your profile and, and scrolling at all. They see the headline and they move on. Yeah, absolutely. Even before that, Dane tweet, I had one where I made an arrow on the quote pointing to the bottom saying this is not a real quote. I highlighted it too. And people were still reacting to it as if it was real. It was mind boggling to me. How surprised are you that things have taken off the way they have? You know, I wish I could say I was surprised, but I'm not. I said I created the account believing that Things could go this way. You thought it was going to go this crazy where people on TV are quoting your bullshit ass fucking tweets? You thought this was going to happen? I mean, have a little respect for our guest, please. Yeah. It's with the utmost respect and admiration that I say this as someone who thinks of myself as a truth teller and an exposer of all the games and trickery that happens in the way this sport is covered. I'm in awe that you could go as far as you have, but I find it hard to believe that you're like, yep, this thing is going to get quoted when people are on first take and sports center. That seems to be like a bridge too far as an expectation. It's because your eyes aren't open to me. His eyes are open. Maybe they're not open. The first time that I came across Ball Sack, I feel like was Daryl Morey talking about it on Philly Sports Radio. We had a trade debated. It might even be this one that was tweeted out by Ball Sack Sports. I mean, like, people were treating that like it was a real thing. I think that was yesterday or two days ago. So, like, I, I'm, I'm imploring people to not get too attached to Ballsack sports <laughs> tweets and treat them seriously. Mr. Ballsack, I'd like to ask you, was that the moment where your Twitter feed started blowing up was when Daryl Morey gave a shout-out on local Philly sports radio? Absolutely. I was in McDonald's that day eating <laughs> McDonald's with my mom. And I opened up Twitter and someone's tagging me saying, hey, Daryl Morris shouted you out. And I'm playing the clip and my mom's like, Ballsack, that's you. And I'm, I'm looking at my mom like, you just said Ballsack in the middle of McDonald's. <laughs> and no one has any idea what's going on. Very few people even know who I am and my friend and circle group. But <laughs> that was definitely the moment where I was in shock. And definitely the turning point for the page was Daryl Morey not really stamping me. <laughs> But in a sense, he would kind of was. You told your mom you were doing a fake Twitter account called Ball Sack Sports? Yeah, how do you explain that to your mom? Yeah, that's, you know, I mean. How does that conversation <laughs> happen? Honey, come, you want to go to McDonald's? Hey, what are you doing, by the way? 
No, I'm just working on ball sack. What? No, no, mom. It's something completely different. It's a Twitter page. It's a Twitter page to promote journalistic integrity. <laughs> that's a question. Hold on. That's a question. Yeah, we're, wonder, we're wondering, how do, you, how do you explain this to your mother? Hey, you know, I really feel passionate about journalistic integrity and the way that misinformation gets spread on sports media. So I started a page. Oh, yeah. What's it called? Ball sack. <laughs> I can't say that my mom is really surprised by the name. <laughs> It's kind of just my personality and I don't really take myself too seriously all the time. But yeah, you know, explaining to my friends is a different story. <laughs> I run a page that's really popular and it's called Ball Sack Sports. How many people know? Maybe 10 to 15 now. The amazing thing about Ball Sack Sports is that it keeps mushrooming and getting bigger and bigger and better. Just when you think you've reached the mountaintop, it appears on GetUp. It appears on SportsCenter. It appears on NBA Countdown. After Daryl Morey did his thing, the moment where it crossed my page and I just thought, oh, this is this is brilliant, was your tweet on February 1st at 3.59 p.m. Former NBA player Josh Smith says LeBron wouldn't be as dominant in his era. And the graphic has a photo of Josh Smith as a Hawks player with the quote, it's a different game back then, much more physical. I don't think he has the jump shot or skills to really consistently dominate defenses than as he does today. I think there's a typo in there, which is perfect. There's so much spacing in today's game. We had two to three guys on a star player any given night. Nothing was easy. And then the little attribution at the bottom is Josh Smith on LeBron translating to the 2000s. <laughs> that got 7,000 retweets and 10,000 likes. My question to you is, of those 7,000 retweets, how many of them were in on the joke? And how many were genuinely retweeting it, thinking it was a real quote from Josh Smith? Of those 7,000, how many thought it was actually Josh Smith saying this? I would say a good 500 to 1,000 are in on it from the get-go for any tweet. And from there, it reaches thousands, the majority who don't know. And a lot were not in on that one. The quotes that day were just like, huh, Josh Smith was drafted after LeBron. <laughs> Every single quote was almost like that, the same thing, which was a calculated move that I put into the art of that tweet. What an excellent player selection that was, Mr. Balsack. Yes. Excellent work. This is what I'm going to say to that, right? Because that was the one that made it to my group chat. Did your friends get sacked? Absolutely. <laughs> it's become a thing now, Mr. Balsack, that whenever someone posts even real quotes that just sound a little weird, like Tom Brady coming back, the first thing that everyone always asks in our group chat, and I was like, is this ball sack again? That's become synonymous mm. with you got played on the internet. Brand recognition, baby. <laughs> the brand is very strong. Yes. But I'm going to tell you what the genius is in all of this stuff. I'm assuming you're doing this on purpose. The idea that it all plays on one thing. You want to believe it. You want to believe that Kyrie would retire rather than get vaccinated. You want to believe that Josh Smith is a grumpy old retired player who is shitting on LeBron, even though, in fact, he is younger than LeBron by two years. Most of these things that you're saying, there is a large segment of the public that wants to believe. Yeah, someone would say that. Like the Jalen Rose one. Jalen Rose says LeBron needs to, quote, shut down this season if he wants any chance to be remembered as an all-time great. And the quote in the infographic is, you can't be the GOAT if you're losing all these games late in your career. People remember most how you finished. 
Mike went out on top, which again, it just, (laughs) what's really happening here is that the people who are retweeting this and propagating this want to believe that players of a different era don't respect LeBron, that Michael Jordan is the greatest. Like it's just basically reinforcing things that they want to believe. Am I on the right track here? That is textbook how I explained it to everyone. That is the exact process of what I'm thinking when I'm going into creating one of these quotes. What do people want to believe? You explained it perfectly. I want to believe so badly in a truth beyond our own, hidden and obscured from all but the most sensitive eyes. Gary Sheffield Jr. wrote about this at Outkick Sports, which is syndicated by Fox News. And so, Mr. Balsack, I'm guessing when you're sitting at home and someone shows you a tweet of Fox News their own Twitter account, not like Fox News Sports or Fox Sports. This is Fox News running with the LeBron Josh Smith quote. What was going through your head when you saw that? Mama, I made it. Yeah, Ball Sack Sports made it. Fox News has, I think, 20 million followers on their account. You know, that was a pretty big sack. That's what we call a sack lunch. Nom, 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 nom. What happened after that? The official verified Twitter account posts an article about that tweet. And then Fox News does what? They deleted it. And I still have the screenshot of the tweet being deleted just because I I found that even more humorous. The fact that (laughs) like it was just kind of proof to me that it was like the cherry on top. That they ran the story without even fact checking. Yeah, they embedded my tweet too. They embedded ball sack sports (laughs) into an article. I don't understand the thought process there. Gary Sheffield Jr., a lot of his followers were just like roasting him. It was it was kind of funny. But this is how you keep journalists in check, right? Yeah, uh, 100%. You got to believe Gary Sheffield Jr. is now double checking his, his stories that he's aggregating. Yeah, which I commend him for. He owned up to it and he's now being more careful, or so I hope. <laughs> Mr. Balsack, I wanted to ask you here, Gary Sheffield referenced your tweet directly, but does it piss you off? That these journalists are not out there giving Ballsack Sports its credit and naming you as the source. They're just taking your information and spreading it around without letting us know where it came from. Yeah, <laughs> but it's been the process that they've been doing for a while. It's not just me. Same thing with Stephen A. and Kendrick Perkins. They were citing my James Harden Kyrie story on ESPN first take. Which wasn't even new. That was an old Ballsack. Yeah. They gray hairs on it. They just chalk it up the rumors and buzz. It's content for them. They don't really have to attribute it to boss exports, but everyone knows where it came from. As far as you're concerned, what is your greatest hit? Doesn't necessarily have to have been the one that went most viral, but just the one where it's like, yeah, that for now is the leader in the clubhouse is my greatest one so far. This last Tom Brady LeBron one mm. was pretty big. Sometimes the greatest hit is the one that sold the most records. Let's get into that one. Tom Brady, right after he announces he's unretired, how many drafts of this fake quote did you have? Or did you just like open up a Google Doc or a notes on your phone and just like, you know what? This is the way I'm going to go. Do you have like three different directions with the quote tweets? Or do you just have one that you're working on and hit send button? I just have an app on my phone and I open it up takes me 30 to 40 seconds. No. I just go and paste an image over the, the last quote's image. It's all at the top. And within 45 seconds to two minutes, I'm out with a new quote. I don't even proofread it. And I just send it. It's that simple for me. 
Once again, just letting the proprietary information spill. This is a basketball Illuminati exclusive here. <laughs> but Steph Curry could say, yeah, this is how I shoot and make 23s a game. And still no one can copy him because he's Steph. No one's going to be able to out ball sack Mr. Ball sack. One unique ball sack. It's like a fingerprint. No two wrinkles are alike. So, Mr. Balsack, I was wondering, do you stick in like a typo or any sort of obvious mistake in there as like an Easter egg? Tom, I'll tell you what the tell is. The tell is he says Michael Jordan went out on top. <laughs> LeBron James could play Josh Smith's era. Like the tell is in every single one of them, there's something that's objectively horseshit. Not like, oh, I don't agree with that. And that's your tell. Yeah, for sure. In terms of like syntax and grammar. Sometimes it is just the typos or sometimes I will purposely miscensor an expletive. I will have the <laughs> ing part censored, but not the base. Oh, God. <laughs> Yo, you are a menace. <laughs> we got to get you off these streets, man. What's the end game? What is the end game here, though, Spence? Where does this go? I really don't know right now. I hope, you know, my page eventually phases out as media literacy and i hope the game changes to where i'm no longer a player in it that's what i hope so i hope to kind of destroy what i've created in a sense mr Balsack, your ethos does not sound too dissimilar from that of the joker you are going to take a pile of followers and burn it because you want media to change and as long as you are a part of the machine it's not a machine you want to be part of. 100%. Most of your tweets are about LeBron James. Is that because you're noticing that LeBron's coverage in the media is so misinformed or so warped? Or is it because you just really like LeBron and you are poking fun at how people treat LeBron James? It's definitely a little bit of both. The coverage around him is just... He's a 24-7 news cycle himself. I'm from Akron and he's been... One of my biggest basketball idols growing up, and I'm a huge fan of LeBron. But a big part of me is poking fun at the whole news coverage around him. What's the thing that bothers you? Is it the old hats trying to shit all over his game? Like, that's the thing that bothers you? Or is it the comparisons to MJ, to different players in the game? Like, what, what is the stuff that just keeps you up at night? It's got to be the old heads. I don't even know where to begin. <laughs> the Charles Barkley's of the world back in my day. Yeah, and on social media, just saying like he wouldn't survive in certain eras. But then he throws a ball off a dude's head last night and, you know, they want LeBron ejected. They're calling him soft, but then, you know, they're saying he's too physical. I, I don't quite understand <laughs> the consistency with the whole thing. Draymond Green last night went on a rant about the integrity of journalism and the integrity of media. Do you think he was referencing Balsack there? I don't. Ah, oh, you're so close. But we know what he was referencing. He was referencing Anthony Slater. Do we? Yeah. Slater wrote about how Draymond went out for his birthday and the next day was sick. So that's why he didn't play. Oh, I just wanted Draymond to get sacked on this. I feel like. No, but it's great that Mr. Ballsack quote tweeted that video with, why is everyone looking at me? <laughs> Tom, if you make your brand misinformation in the media, then any publicity is good publicity. It all leads back to the sack. Yep. The ball sack. Mr. Ball sack, this was fantastic. Thank you for joining us on Basketball Illuminati. You're opening people's eyes. We will not be smothered. The truth is out there, and you're just exposing the machine. And we want to say thank you, comrade. Thank you, Mr. Ball sack, for keeping the truth and the powers that be 
held accountable. That's what it's about. And thank you guys for inviting just a shy kid from Akron onto your podcast. This is awesome. Gentlemen, I did some of my own research and I'd like to present it to you in a segment we like to call Tom Did His Own Research. I mean, are we still rolling with that title? I haven't thought of anything better. Oh, okay. In today's Tom Did His Own Research, it's a little bit of a deep cut here, all the way back to Monday night. You know what they say, Tom? The first cut is the deepest. First cut is the deepest. I thought it was the sweetest. No. Back of the berry. That was back of the bear. <laughs> On Monday night, hidden among the mass hysteria about Carl Anthony Towns' his 60 piece and LeBron yelling at his teammates for not getting a rebound and the Sixers deleting a tweet about Jokic, there was actual beautiful basketball being played in the Bay Area. For the first time in 1,005 days, I mean, maze, the Golden State Warriors star trio of Stephen Curry, Clay Thompson, and Draymond Green. They reunited and played for the first time since 2019 in the NBA Finals when Clay got injured. Did you guys watch any of that game? Yeah, I did, actually. Very enjoyable. Tom, let me tell you, it was great watching those guys with my eyes wide open for the first time. So, yeah, I did some of my own research. Uh, as we've learned on today's show, you can't always trust the information you get on the national media. Since Draymond's rookie season in 2012-2013, the trio has a plus-minus of 3,000 104 plus 3,104, the highest encore plus minus for any trio over the past 10 seasons since Draymond's rookie season. This is according to data that I collected. You can trust me. The research that I did on my own, I collected that data over at truth-telling website stathead.com. So my question to you guys, which trio is second? Again, over the last 10 seasons, the best cumulative plus minus after Steph Curry, Draymond Green, and Klay Thompson at plus 3,104, which star trio has the highest cumulative plus minus over that time span? Go ahead, Amin. Chris Paul, Blake Griffin, DeAndre Jordan. Was that easy? Dude, they had the number one plus minus lineup like five years in a row. It was them and J.J. Redick and then... Whoever was fifth, it didn't matter whether it was Jamal Crawford, whether it was Matt Barnes, whether it was Luke Bouchard and Bob Mute, as long as it was Chris Paul, J.J. Redick, Blake Griffin, and DeAndre Jordan, they were unstoppable. This goes back to my whole thing about Doc Rivers, good coach, not a good president of basketball operations. I was the only person who was saying that at the time. Remember, I came out with the chart. I think I cracked the code for Doc Rivers, how he likes to get things done. It's a real simple decision tree. Number one, have you played for me? <laughs> if yes, welcome to the Clippers. Get a dollar sign right there. Ka-ching. Guys like Big Baby, Nate Robinson, Paul Pierce. If not, we go to the next question. Have you played well against me in the playoffs? If yes, welcome to the Clippers, Josh Smith, Papa Prigioni, Hidu Turkaloo. If no, the third question is, we ever played in our driveway before? If yes, welcome to the Clippers. Yeah, man, that was a great team and a great lineup. The next question I have for you is what was their plus minus? If the Warriors trio were plus 3,104, what do you think Blake Griffin, DeAndre Jordan, and Chris Paul were? This is across six seasons in the regular season. Not playoffs, just regular season. Maze, do you want to wager what their plus minus was? Plus 2,200, Tom. I mean? 
I'm going to go plus 2201. Wow. Price is right in me, huh? The answer is plus 2,165. No! That was my second guess. You went the wrong side of the number. Oh, man. That's right. Steph, Draymond, and Clay Thompson have a thousand more points on their ledger than the next best team over the last 10 years. If you actually do the math, it's plus 17.7 per 48 minutes for the Warriors trio, plus 17. And then for that Blake Griffin, DeAndre Jordan, Chris Paul trio, they're at plus 11 per 48 minutes. The JJ Redick version, DeAndre Jordan, JJ Redick, and Chris Paul trio actually has a better per 48 plus minus. They're at plus 14 in their four seasons, plus 14 every 48 minutes. And I'll go one step further. Do you think that the Draymond Green, Clay Thompson, and Steph Curry trio has a higher plus minus than the Tim Duncan, Manu Ginobili, and Tony Parker trio? Yes. Maze, across 14 seasons. Gotta be tough because, yeah, they played so many more years. If it's per 48? Per 48 or total? Total. 3,104. Do you think that the... I'd have to say they have a higher total, but I would guess that it is a lower per 48. I agree. Higher total, lower per 48. Much lower per 48. Total is plus 2,534. Oh, wow. No way. Look at them bullshit all this time, wasting our time. Out of here. Sleep all that. I don't know why I cut. My other question, Tom, and who I was going to throw out there was the big three, the Heatles. And I know, obviously, we're catching them only for a short window there, but I feel like that plus minus has to be pretty high as well. The Heatles, I looked this up as well. Uh, I did my own research on the Heatles trio. LeBron James, Dwayne Wade, Chris Bosh on the floor in four seasons, plus 1,446, translates to a per 48 differential of 12.3. So again, the Warriors reigning supreme, not just on the Spurs trio and the, the Heatles trio and the Chris Paul, Blake Griffin, DeAndre Jordan one, but I also went even deeper. We have two seasons of Chicago Bulls, Michael Jordan plus minus data. So I went back, Michael Jordan, Scottie Pippen, Dennis Rodman, two years on the floor, plus minus cumulative plus seven twelve. Per 48, do you think it's better or worse than Draymond, Steph, and Clay? Worse still. Worse. Correct. 13.4. You, Michael Jordan. I don't know why why you went so hard on Michael Jordan there, but Michael Jordan, Scottie Pippen, Tony Kukoc, plus 522 in two Mm. seasons, translates to a per 48 minutes, plus 16.7. Right there. What about KG, Paul Pierce, and Ray Allen? Anything is possible. What is their plus minus in their five seasons together? 1,800. Tequila. Dude, how are you good? 1,841. (laughs) That's insane, Maze. Wow. Plus 12.3 every 48 minutes. So still a notch below the Golden State Warriors. I mean, I watched last night's game. Draymond looks so good offensively. He ran a fast break out of a made bucket from the Wizards. Klay Thompson did a backdoor cut to the hoop and he just threaded the needle. But more importantly, his defense has been so good. Oh, if you look at their season... Don't get me started. Don't get me started no, about this No, if you look Draymond at their Green. season, their defense fell apart as soon as Draymond Green got hurt. Look, and so... Nobody's... Give him his flowers. No. Give him his flowers. No, no, no. I'll give him flowers. The problem is, this guy wants a whole goddamn trophy for it. 
He wants hardware. It takes time to connect the dots. I know that. I know but that. also, I know that there could be a day of reckoning when you wish you connected the dots. More quick. More quick. What were we thinking? Why don't we wake up when we had a chance? Move it! Demolish it! Blow it up! What gets us into trouble is not what we don't know. It's what we know for sure. That just ain't so. so. A man's indivisible truth. Communicate this real clearly. The only way I do is... City by city, person by person, family by family. There are a lot of people go straight from denial to despair. Without pausing on the intermediate step of actually doing something about the problem. Problem. A man's indivisible truth. Draymond Green, phenomenal. Phenomenal defensively. Is he the best defensive player in the league? Without a question. After the game against the Wizards, he was asked by Mark Haynes if he still thinks he could get the award. And Draymond said, quote, when I look around the league, Mikael Bridges has been really good defensively. Jaron Jackson has picked it up defensively. But I don't think anyone has solidified themselves. I think we can all agree through 32 games it was already solidified. So, yeah, I think I can win. You know what? He's right. Through 35 games played, he was the defensive player of the year. But then he got hurt, and he missed a shit ton of time. The Warriors have 13 games left in the season. Even if he plays every single game, he'll have played 48 games. 48 games. Do you know there is not a single NBA player who has won an award playing that few games in an 82-game season. We got a couple of guys who played 46 in a 50-game season in 99. We've got a couple of guys who won in the low 50s in the 66-game season in 2011-2012. We do not have anyone playing sub-50 games in an 82-game season and winning an award. The fewest number of games played in a Defensive Player of the Year award was 58. That was by Rudy Gobert, 2017-2018. The fewest games played for an award of any kind was Patrick Ewing in 1985. He played 50 games out of 82. So when Raymond Green comes out here and says, it's still not too late, and names other viable candidates, he's right, they haven't locked it up. But they have locked him out. He's not eligible. He's not going to win Defensive Player of the Year, even as he's the best defensive player in the league, in the same way that Kevin Durant's not going to win MVP, even though he is the best player in the NBA. Ridiculous. Did you just lock Draymond Green out of the Defensive Player Year ward like he was Draymond Green? I locked him out, locked him up, locked him out, locked everything. And you know why, Tom? Because I understand the rhythms and the logic of the brainwaves of the voters. You get 100 voters. Some of them are old-timey people. Some of them are international people. Some of them, dare I say it, don't even pay attention the way they should be in order to vote. Nobody is going to vote for a guy who's played less than 60% of the available games on the schedule. That's insane. I mean, it sounds like you want to put a stop to his Defensive Player of the Year campaign. Would you like to call him Draymond Red? Is that a green light? It's a red light? You're putting a stop to it? Draymond Red? Well, you sure put a stop to this podcast, Tom. You're welcome. Thanks, Amin, for your most inconvenient truth yet. Well, thanks for interrupting my Tom did his own research. I mean, it was very inconvenient of you. That's a joke that was just made. Wait, but the red, putting a stop to this podcast because it's Draymond
this is an example of the underground cut. Nick Nurse, we had no answer for LeBron tonight. Every time we went by to 25, he went up by 25, he found a way to score. I don't know if anyone could stop him from scoring 30 at this point. What he's doing is incredible. <laughs> Every time we went up by 25, he found a way to score. <laughs> Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.